The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're the man, what the rock is talking. What it is, we do welcome to the One Fall Podcast on Stick Boy, Joshua, and William Armourth, not with the ultimate babyface, Mr. Johnson. It's, uh, it's an interesting, I did not think we'd be recording a show today. Man, uh, you called me about eight. 30, 9 o'clock this to Mountain Time this morning, and, uh, you know, I didn't know what it was about, and I almost thought like I was still dreaming when you told me that Braun Strowman and um, a few others we'll get to were part of another set of WWE cuts. This is becoming a weekly occurrence, it almost seems like, Joel. Yeah, well, I don't think I would have called you unless Braun was included in. The fact that Braun Strowman was released from WWE set all kind of bells and whistles off in my head because a year ago, this was your universal champion. Like this, yep, was this time guy. last year, he was the pandemic champion. Like, he was getting ready for my worst match of the year with him and Bray. Oh, yeah, they did a bunch of their cinematic stuff, yeah. I am. Um, yeah, I mean, he's the reason that Bliss is now where she is because of that feud, like this time last year. Holy crap! Wow, funny how time has changed, and like yeah. that's a guy that you think. And wasn't he just in the main event too? He just had a main event like three weeks ago in a triple threat match, and he faced a McMahon at WrestleMania. <laughs> and now he's unemployed. And now he's unemployed. And according to the podcast, it's funny. He did that podcast with Lillian Garcia, the expert I sent you, um, and said, like, he'd never wrestle for another company ever. Uh, I don't know how much that changes his tone now. Um, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what Strowman, what Braun's future he looks at. I know acting has been something he's mentioned as an interest, but. And, I mean, his only acting major one is that terrible Sherlock Holmes movie that Will Ferrell did. Um, he, he can be a funny guy, but I don't really see him in the acting realm particularly. I, I, don't, I don't know. What, they, we'll, we'll get into some of these other talent a bit, where I think the future for them is a lot more clear where they can go. Strowman, the, the future for him is a little bit more unclear. And how, this, how we got to this as well is very unclear. I'm very curious to see. Well, one of the one of the things that I guess has been reported on was this is these cuts were trimming the fat. Yeah, him and Lana particularly signed contracts late 2019. And Joel, what happened late 2019? Can you tell me? Uh, I don't know, man. Did it? Did anything yeah. happen in 2019? Nothing happened in 2019. No, right? it, it, it happened October 2019, actually. And you know what happened in 2019? There was this company called AW that started up their show, Dynamite. And that's when they started talent hoarding and signing everyone in the company to big deals to keep them around. And two of the bigger contracts were Lana and were, and were Strowman. And those were two of the contracts that stuck out in the books and why they were cut today. It's <sighs> Lana who is on Raw this week. It, it is, fact, this is all so... these talents were on the shows this week except for Strowman, Buddy, and Santana. It, it, this is this is really weird because I don't think we've ever seen anything like this with so many cuts in a year, especially during a uh, a pandemic. Um, and all these people were on shows. Alistair Black had a program. This leaves Naomi just floating around. Like they don't give up fuck about the women's tag division. They do not care about it. 
well, they they don't care about like releasing Ruby Riot. Like so, so we can look at these cuts from what are you doing? You've just sent talent into AEW's hands, into the indies' hands. Why are you doing this? Man, this is a company that doesn't know how to manage assets. And all of that is true. All of what I just said is absolutely true. I think WWE handles their assets the worst. But I think we really have to look at this not from that side of things. But we have to, like you mentioned, they don't care. doesn't matter to them because it's a business. And I think we have to look at this from the viewpoint of, is this them fattening the goose? before they sell it. Because, to me, some of these cuts are very strange, and it goes very much against Vince McMahon's mindset of hoard all the talent, keep it away from AEW. Mm-hmm. This is like a change in the culture. This is saying, well, hey, we need to save as much money as possible to make us look as good as possible to sell us off. Well, so, and, and to Joel... The locker room side of it. And that, right? none, like, none of that's been confirmed. There has been you know, no in, inclination that WWE has talked with anyone. Nothing we'll, concrete we'll has been put out. But you yeah. think of a guy like Nick Khan. Well, Vince McMahon tried to cut us off there, but we're back now after a little bit of technical difficulties and magic from Joel getting us back. But, um, you know, you're talking about Nick Khan and the sales side, and we'll, and we'll get to that. I, I think another interesting thing here, Joel, is too is, how the locker room's going to be affected. I think particularly with someone like Ruby, you're really seeing her in particular, how loved she was in the locker room. Oh yeah. Like you're, you're seeing people that are, you're seeing the outpouring of support and everyone's saying, man, watch out when she's on the Indies, like watch out when she's got the chains off. And that also tells you that the state of WWE is very kind of restrictive. I mean, you look at, you listen to Alistair Black talk about his, his, the little Easter eggs and the little things that he's building into his stuff, and you go, this is great. This is like what AEW does. This is what I love. I love the little Easter eggs and little nods. And it just, I just still can't understand losing uh, someone like Ruby in your women's division. Like, that just seems like such a mistake and such a misstep. But again, a different look than any woman that you have too. Yeah. I I think she'll be incredibly successful wherever she goes. But again, I don't think this is this is them mismanaging assets. I think this is mis them trimming bigger contracts. I think what I think it just came down to numbers. I really think this came down to numbers. And look, I think out of everyone here, if I'm AEW, I'm signing uh Alistair Black I'm signing uh, Ruby, uh, and I would bring Braun in for a couple matches. I don't know if I'd sign him, but I'd see if he'd want to come in and do something, because I think you could do a few things with him that would be interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Buddy Murphy is another one that, I mean, if he decides to do Japan, I think he could. Well, he, yeah. I think Japan should scoop up both Black and Buddy by any means necessary. They need the fresh blood. And not only do they need the fresh blood, but uh, a bunch of this talent can provide uh, a lot of depth for G1 that I think is coming in the fall this year. So with with Japan with Japan hosting the Olympics, it is yeah. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. But I, the the bigger thing is like there there are, there are multiple things within this story that I find interesting. It's what this talent will be able to do once the chains are off. Uh, it also, another side note, this kind of kills off the, uh, the, um, Zelina Vega being in the PC and them re-signing her, cause. That was very weird. Now, like, I don't know where, I don't know where any of that goes with Zelina at all. Um, you know, one, one, one we didn't talk to a lot was Santana Garrett, you know, really cool signing, you know, a, a journey woman. On the uh, on the Indies, you know she got to at least you know be in the Women's Royal Rumble this year, and I was really happy for her. If you know her story, that was super cool. She got to at least be in WWE, and like I said, be part of the Royal Rumble. Uh, no one can take that away from her. 
I, I can see like an impact or, you know, an NWA maybe picking her up. I could even see like her doing something in AEW dark or something. I mean, we've seen what a veteran like Serena Deeb can do. Right. And Santana Garrett has been around in the Indies long enough that, you know, someone will want to have her there just for the experience. But uh, all due respect to her, the the big names that are taken away here are Buddy and Black and and Strowman. I mean, it, it seems kind of like a layup that C.J. Perry will end up being with Miro. I, I think that's kind of a layup. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it, I mean, you know, you talk about the prior cuts and them happening just before Slammiversary and whatever happened will happen to Slammiversary. Um, <clears throat> these cuts... These happen three days before All Out. So All Out is going to have the anticipation of any of these talents showing up there. Because yeah. All Out's on the 5th, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yes, yeah. it's November 5th. Well, yeah. and here's the other thing. That's, that's another indicator that this is there's something bigger afoot. Because they would have timed this to make sure that they couldn't have been at All Out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it makes me also wonder about a free agent. What is his future look like? What is, mm-hmm. how does, if there is a potential sale, where does Daniel Bryan fit in all this? And does, would Bryan, like there's so many questions, because if you bring in a sale, if you do sell it to like an Amazon, Disney, whoever you end up selling it to, if you are selling it, because that's the only logical reason this move makes sense. You're reporting record profits, and you... You just got a million dollars for zombies. Like, And I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sorry, like, Ruby Riot does not make a million dollars. So, yeah. less than Ruby Riot's contract for zombies. So, it's really... It's really... I'd be very curious what the justification would be if there is no sale. Yeah, so that that that's kind of the side thing that's been heard. And, you know, Nick Khan is kind of like, no pun intended, kind of a cleaner, right? Comes in, kind of furnishes the company to make them go to a better spot. I mean, and you've heard the big three, right, with Universal, with Amazon, with Disney. Um Fox, I don't know how – I don't think Fox isn't a contender because Fox and Disney – whatever. I don't know how that really works. And Fox isn't really in the mood to buy assets. They're past it. That's why they sold off to Disney, right? So Fox isn't going to buy WWE. So Fox is out of it. Universal it makes sense because they already have the site with Peacock and they have the li- the, the deal at least for the network. Amazon, they're just trying to get assets to build on. And Disney, well, it's a property that, you know, Disney could do a lot with. And we've seen what they could do and it's just a bigger kind of cap in their hat. To, I don't know how that would help if it would work if Disney were to buy WWE how that works for the streaming rights with everything well then that, that's interesting here's here here's the biggest thing with this potential sale because I think that is the bigger story out of all of this because if there is no sale is there if there is no plan to make a sale and if there's no effort to make a sale then though the, the the biggest story from this is WWE sucks at managing assets and they just made a really dumb choice. In with especially with your product like Monday Night Raw struggling as it is, with NXT not having a lot of life to it, and SmackDown being good, but it could be better. So it's again an example of maybe they're freeing up money for the new Japan deal. That still, again, why would you not keep... Why would you not keep Black and Buddy, though? Those are two guys you want for that brand, right? Um, and And I asked you this question. I think it's a very poignant question. You know, watching Double or Nothing, there's so many unique talents they've had from the the Nightmare Academy there, right, that are just starting to get going, that they're building on their own. And from the PC, outside of the Horsewomen... You and I really couldn't name a star that has been built from the PC organically. Uh, you know, I guess Strowman was one of the last ones that they built there organically, right? From very, from scratch that they built from the, the ground up. But, uh, and you know, Brody Lee was kind of one, but you know, Brody had his time in the Indies as well, right? So 
Yeah. Um, but and they just cut Bo Dallas, who was someone that they had there. But when you, I'm talking stars, so that's all respect to Chad Gable, who's not a star, and and that's not right that he isn't. But outside of the Horsewomen, there has not been a unique, built from scratch star on there. And even on the on the current roster of NXT right now, Joel. It, it's there's women, right? Like Dakota Kai can be something, and the, the current champion could be something, and uh, Bronson Reed is more or less kind of built from there. He did some stuff on the Aussie side, and they had the Iconics, so they more or less built from scratch, but they cut them. And there's guys on their roster that they built from scratch from FCW or from Ohio Valley, you know, like Sheamus or The Miz or Randy, right? And Roman, Seth. It's built off someone else, but they have guys that are on the roster from the past from OVW or FCW that they built up naturally and they did a fine job with. But from that performance center, which we're coming up to a decade, there has not been a male superstar that they have brought in from scratch and built into a star. And the, the nightmare factor has been allowed for what a year. And there is potentially already five people that you can see that are coming from the Nightmare Factory that have a potential to be stars. It's pretty pathetic. AEW's just done a much better job building young talent. And I mean, the other thing is, with the PC and NXT, you, you, really, you really haven't had a developmental system since, what, 2014, 2015? They bring in indie stars, and then they go that way. But, like, the... Velveteen was going to be the biggest non-horsewoman that they had built from scratch. But even that, still built off a tough enough, right? Yeah. They got him and a tough small, enough. And a small indie run. Yeah. So, like, they have not been able to build anyone organically from scratch. Like, they haven't been able to find, like, an Anthony Gogo, right? They and- They haven't been able to find those guys. And Anthony Agogo said in an interview he had really no interest in watching Monday Night Raw when it added three hours. He said that's when he stopped watching. You just kind of hear him talk, and you just, like, they had uh, Powerhouse Hobbs mm-hmm. at a PC tryout. Like, they had potentials to gather all these guys up to groom them and grow them. And, like, that's the thing. Anyone that's purchasing WWE... You've got all this talent. How much of it is young talent that leads to you thinking it has a bright future? And I mean, if it would be very weird if they do sell, because if they do sell, then they're not going to have a McMahon. They're not going to keep anyone from the old regime in charge. They're going to want all their own people. And this sounds all well and good, but how lucky are the, is WWE going to be that they're going to bring someone in that's going to be a Kevin Feige, because that's what you're going to need. You're going to need a Kevin Feige, Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni, that understands pro wrestling, understands the people that he's got around him, what makes pro wrestling successful. Well, Tony and- Khan's kind of a Dave Filoni, right? Like, all respect to Kevin Feige, but like Dave Filoni with Star Wars just knows everything. He knows every little thing about Star Wars, maybe even more than George Lucas does, right? Uh, and that's yeah. kind of what Tony Khan is. Tony Khan is Dave Filoni. He knows every last thing, it's, which is why he's been gets on the phone with Christian or with Paul White and is able to draw them in because, like, holy shit, this guy knows so much about wrestling. And it's it's one of those things where you're like, you need guys like that. You need guys that will provide knowledge and in-depth and respect the product, because it is a niche product, so it does take a certain touch. I'd say it's even more niche than comic books. Uh, and you're gonna, one, yeah. you're gonna have to have someone that gets it. So, what are the odds of that? And what are the odds that you're going to... Like, there's so much with this that I'm very intrigued by. And you know what, Josh? You know hmm. the perfect person to to sell WWE to? Do you want to know who it would be? Who's that? Be the owner of the Jaguars. <laughs> it would be perfect. Because, it'd be funny. It would be somewhat ironic if 
Tony would have held out, you know, two years if AEW doesn't get built, right? If Cody doesn't take that 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 challenge from Dave, I think it's not crazy that that's where we are right now. Well, but here's the thing. I think even now you could make that sale because you've seen what they can do with AEW. I don't think there's a chance Vince would ever do that as a competitive spirit. I, I, I get where you're going, but Vince, at the end of the day, would not, because then he'll oh. look like he's defeated. It, it, w- it would absolutely not happen. Yeah. But if it did, that could be the single best thing to happen to professional wrestling, because yeah. then you have Tony Khan, and I don't think Tony cleans house the way that uh, these other corporations will. Yeah. I think you finally get what wrestling could be again, where you have an open market among all the promotions. Out of, out of the three, out of those three that we've heard with Amazon, Universal and Disney, who would you feel the most confident that could do an okay job with WWE? I don't know. I, I yeah. legitimate, because the thing is, this isn't a TV station. Uh, this isn't a TV studio. This isn't, uh, a, a TV show. This isn't a movie. This isn't movie rights. Uh, this isn't a library of movies that you can build around. This is professional wrestling. And not to make it sound like it's better than any of those or more important than any of it's those. It's different. It's such a different beast that... My my guess would be... I mean, it, it, look, it, it may not even be that Vince isn't in charge because... UFC sold, and who's still in charge? Dana White. Right? Well, so mean, the, the other question, because we've always talked that Vince will work to the day he dies. Yeah. The other question you got to wonder is, is, Vince, is Vince's health now a question? Well, I think it's, it has to be part of this, right? And, well, again, like it comes down to, to Steph and Hunter, like, well, I think they'll be involved in the company some way. Do they want to take a step back? I don't get other avenues. I don't. I don't know if the. I don't know if the company's going to want them involved. I that they that would be very interesting because do you want the old guard and do you want them potentially kind of having like oh we used to do it this way when you're you're like we bought it we can do whatever we want like do you want that do they want to move on does Hunter really want to move on. I mean, Hunter's the tough one, right? Because I think Steph would be fine as a businesswoman. She has so many connections. She'll make it work, right? Uh, and Shane's showing that he can be outside in the world, and he had an okay, successful career, right? Um, Hunter's the one I'm like, I don't know what happens to Hunter. And, and I mean, the, the other difference between Vince McMahon and Dana White is Dana White is 51 and Vince is 75. Yeah. And Vince McMahon has taken bumps steroids, done whatever drugs he's probably done in his heyday. Uh, like, you got, you have to kind of wonder where he is. And we know that the Netflix stock on him is coming out next year. I believe it's next year. Yeah, which will make the Amazon side of it really weird. I, I guess the side of it, too, is, like, I'm, I guess the kind of the point I'm pointing with the UFC sale is where – they may just be like, we're taking it and we're going to distribute it or do whatever we want. You guys can still run it how you want to run it. And I, that's kind of what UFC did, right? They sold it and they still said, well, Dana, you can kind of be the figurehead and do this kind of stuff. So they may still have Vince as the figurehead and say like, okay, you can make decisions here and here, but we're also going to have our own people to do stuff, which kind of leads me to be like, I guess just by the track record of what Star Wars is able to done with Filoni, what Pixar has, what Disney Animation has, and what Marvel obviously has, that I guess I would trust Disney to put the right people in charge because I don't know. Universal hasn't really made the best decision in the past 10 years with sitcoms and other shows, for example, like how they drank to show the community forever, right, to never, like, really promoted it or did the right thing with it despite the fan um, support of it, right? Uh, and Amazon, we don't really know how they really run it as a company right now. Bezos is leaving, and they're kind of building up their side of their library. I mean, for the most part, Amazon products have been, as far as digital side, have been good. But like you brought up, Joel, it's such a different, def- different monkey 
it's one thing to produce produce the boys or invincible or lord of the rings or miss Maisel. it's an entirely different thing to have uh, a wrestling show i guess for amazon side of it would be like now we're the home of these shows the nfl and wwe that i guess would kind of be amazon sell well and uh, to to go back to one of your points that you said earlier about them keeping vince around and having him as the figurehead and letting him make some decisions. The first question is, how's Vince going to feel about having a boss at now after oh, not quit. a boss? He, he, would, he, he would quit. And the other question is, is it really the best idea to keep Vince around? Because if you look at the current state of the product, if, if I was the guy that Disney picked or whichever company to be in charge, I would say we kind of got a clean house. We got a clean house, uh, and everyone in upper management kind of needs, like, Bruce Pritchard, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The one that, uh, Bucky, Bucky, oh, what's his name? Oh, Kevin Dunn, yeah. Kevin Dunn, he's gone. Like, a bunch of these guys would be all gone if, if I was to play Kingmaker in WWE suddenly. Because, let's be honest, They've made money, but it hasn't worked. Their product hasn't grown. They're not... They're, their ratings aren't increasing. They're not killing it with uh, drawing in the, the wrestling fan. They're really not. So I'd be like, this. We, we need to reset this. We need to go in a different direction. I don't know what that direction is right right away, but we need to clean house. And I think... Vince is Vince is gonna. I I really think this is if if a sale happens, this is Vince's retirement. Vince is riding off into the sunset, and it could be a health thing. It could be Vince is just tired, and he's like, done this for so long. I've made a lot of money. I can move on now. I'm seventy five. Who knows how many more years? Steph to be the it be Steph to be in charge. It could very well just be that. Yeah, it could it could be that. Uh, I mean, it's still. It, I don't think it's going to change the over the overall direction of the company with Steph in yeah. charge. I think maybe Steph with Hunter in charge of creative, maybe is the like is Steph as the boss, but Hunter is the creative uh, maker of it. And I think if, if you and I have talked about this a million times, if Hunter got in control, then Kevin Dunn would be out. Yeah, Kevin Dunn would be out. But again, like now the question goes, so how much of NXT's success for all those years rests on Hunter's head? How much of the struggles that they've had rests on Hunter's head? Like what, how much of this, how much do you credit him for NXT? How much do you credit him for the struggles? And from that point... What can he do on the main roster? Because I think the main roster it is viewed differently than NXT. Uh, it is a different product. It is, for the most part, a different audience, though the audience is shrinking. At what point is he the right guy, or do you need to go completely fresh? Do you need to find your own version of Tony Khan? Well, I mean, I, I wonder if they look at someone like Heyman even and put him a control. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, right? I mean, we're talking a lot of hypotheticals. hypotheticals right now. Like, I mean, these cuts just could have happened because, like, we don't want these talent anymore, right? I mean, I think the reason that the sales stuff came up because Strowman looked to be, like, you know, we did a podcast a week ago and we said, hey, like, Morton, Josh, and, and Joel, we need you to come up with your five to ten most untouchable people on the WWE right now, right? And Strowman would be near the top of all of our lists. Oh, yeah. Of, like, there's no there's no chance. I mean... And now, like, I, I, I was going to ask you this question. I was just thinking because I know we're going to do the show. If you had to pick five people right now that you 100% felt confident they would never cut, who would it be? I have my five. I'm very interested in yours at this point, knowing what we had happened. And now the Strowman thing makes you rethink things. It definitely does. But, like, with the Strowman side in, 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 in tow, who are the – you're 100% certain they would not cut them? Maybe their contract runs out and they leave. But they would not cut those, those individuals. Who are the five? Uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Sasha Banks. Yeah, it's mine. 
those, yeah, those that's everyone else. I is, could see them cut Bailey. Oh yeah. Did I mention Bailey? And I could see it. I could see them cut Bailey, and us all freak out, be like, "What the hell?" Like I, I could I've, see Charlotte ask for a release, maybe, but I don't know if they would do it. But I I think it's Roman and Sasha are probably near the top of like there's not a chance for cutting you. I mean even with Strowman talking to a few casual fans today they're like I know that name I know who Braun Strowman is so they had done a good enough job to bring him to almost a household level name. Yeah. Which is the worst part about all this that I don't understand. And maybe some stories will come out. Maybe there was something there. You know, Strowman had kind of talked about retirement uh, in a recent interview a little bit. So maybe he just got to the point that he didn't want to do it anymore and retirement was becoming an option for him. I don't know. With those other talents, I mean, Buddy and Blake, um, not Blake Murphy, but uh, Buddy and, and Alistair, I guess Tommy End now we can say him, right? Tommy End. Yeah. Um, they're going to be st- – I mean, this time next year, the sky's the limit for both of them, and same with Ruby, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then C.J. Perry, I'm assuming she'll just be in AEW with Miro. Yeah. And, I, I'm like, would you be shocked by full gear if we have C.J. Perry and Miro versus Kip and uh, his wife? No, no. As long as Kip's healed up, then that's probably the way that they'll go. Which, again, is, like, laying, like, giving them a layup for a storyline for AEW. And so I want to talk about another thing that happened this week. On, on Sunday, Mark Henry comes out, and I know there's a little bit of a mixed reaction to Mark, but number one, that is one of the loyal soldiers of Vince McMahon. He won one more run. Vince said no. It's kind of like the big show, right? I just want one more run. No, I don't see it anymore, which he still gives Goldberg runs, so that starts a whole other conversation, right? Um, and we just saw, you know, what Sting could do. So what do you think Mark Henry or Big Show could do for you? And <clears throat> I'll respect the Big Show. I think he's – the one thing with Big Show we talked about is how important he was to the charity side of things and the Make-A-Wish side, right? He ended up being an ambassador that Paul White was, and he is. Well, Mark Henry's that – and he has been one of the best recruiters for them. He found so many talents. He was one of the guys that found, helped find Ember Moon. He was, and he found Bianca Belair and numerous other talents. And now that t- guy is with AEW because you know what Mark Henry brings that they don't really have. He is a, you know, he's a almost former Olympian, but he's in that real sports world, and he's able to go and have those conversations with those connections in the real sports world. That's how he founded Bianca. And I don't know how many people they have in WWE that are like that. The market that, that Mark brings that ability. It's it it's again mismanaging your assets. A, that that was a bad cut for them as far as their recruiting tools because Mark's still relatively young compared to a Regal compared to some of the other scouts they have. And look, Regal's a great source of talent, no doubt. Hunter is as well, but Mark was finding them unique talents. I guess you know, we talked about. PC and organic talent. I guess we can add Bianca to that list. Someone that succeeded being an organic talent from the from the PC, but there still isn't a male one. The female talent, sure, but there's no male talent. It's... They're going to Japan. They're going to Ring of Honor. They're going to Impact. They're going to AEW. They're not going right to the PC. Well, and not only that, but they're they're kind of looking at WWE, going, "Do I really want to make?" Uh, make a make a pit stop at WWE anymore. Like, and I said this to you because you've we've always talked about well, some guys will sign with WWE for the WrestleMania moment. How much? How guaranteed are you realistically for your WWE moment? How much is there a chance of you getting that WWE moment? And if you're just sitting and catering and you're not doing anything, or you're being Jedi mind trick by Vince because he's got to test you. Like, how much longer before you go, well, why am I here? Why one of these I... talents, only one of them kind of got a WrestleMania moment, which would be Strowman with Nicholas, I guess. That's his WrestleMania moment. Maybe throwing Shane off the cage. Throwing Shane off the cage, winning the title off of Goldberg. But again, yeah. 
Like, there's nothing that pops. Like, none of these guys had anything that popped. Like, no. Black wrestled in that tag team match with Ricochet. Even but Bobby Lashley at Mania <laughs> last year. Like, Black... And it's funny, because a, a lot of these guys that have been cut recently, are a lot of them scream Paul Heyman guys. They are. They're all Paul Heyman guys, which is... Uh... It, it's a weird side of that as well, that if I was Heyman, I would just be like, I'm getting really sick of this shit. But he's with Roman right now, so he's got to be, you know, really happy, and he's probably going to be... And it's, it's funny with all this, and we're all going to kind of move on in the next week or so here, and, you know, SummerSlam, they potentially are going to have Cena and Roman, maybe Sasha involved with Cardi B, maybe Bobby versus Brock, and then probably Becky versus Rhea Ripley, potentially. Four really fun matches, and then maybe the Mysterials fighting each other, and we're probably going to be in Vegas as well. And we're like, "Wow, what a big weekend! What a great card!" But underneath, this is the roots are showing that they are weakening. They can have you know a strong SmackDown or a strong show here and there, and put on a strong card like that. But look at that show I just talked to you about that SummerSlam is building up to. There's a lot of it wrong compared to what we just saw from Double or Nothing, right? It's like Cena and Roman. Okay, I guess, but you're bringing back Cena again, right? I mean, all the talent that AEW's brought in, it's kind of what Heyman talked about when he talked about taking over Impact, right? I would keep one legend around and use them wisely. Well, really, they only use two legends on their show, really, Jericho and Sting, right? Yeah. Mark Mark Henry is probably not going to wrestle for them, and Big Show's not wrestling for them. I guess Christian's a legend, too. There's three. But they they really, like, Mark might have, what, maybe a match or two, and Big Show might have a match or two, but they're not main programs. They're there for other roles, right? Compared there... to bring, oh, we'll, we'll bring Cena back. Uh, we'll, we'll bring The Rock back, right? That's kind of where, well, we'll bring Goldberg. That's kind of where they are. It's like break, break in case of emergency, John Cena, Goldberg. Right? And Jericho, I think, saw the right in the wall. I was like, I'm not being that guy. Yeah. Undertaker. Kane. And I mean, the, the other thing with all this is, if a sale happens and they clean house, how many of these talent are going to stay loyal? Well, Undertaker's the one I really question, because I think the only reason he's staying loyal is to Vince. And I think that's, I mean, look, both Mark and, and Paul White said they wouldn't have left without Vince's blessing. So Vince gave the blessing to both of them to go to AEW. But it, it causes, again, like, it shows that Vince isn't scared. Of, Punk brought it up a long ago that, that Vince isn't scared of AEW. And I think him letting Mark just walk there shows he's not scared of them. But he should be. He should be scared of AEW. That's the scary part about it is why are you not scared of it, Vince? You just let one of your best talent, like talent evaluators, and you know, decently loved characters, a Mark Henry, and just a loyal soldier that would have done anything for you, just leave. For and nothing. he was an and he was an organic superstar again. Like it's one of the you know you found him as a power lifter and you built him to be a world champion. Right. I mean, I look at if I'm someone like. Cesaro right now, like I just signed these. It's you're almost like an NFL player, right? You sign these deals, right? You, you know, you sign like oh five years, six deal, but there's always like this is the guaranteed money if you do get cut, right? Um, and if you're a superstar now, like say you're like a Cesaro or a Nakamura that just signed new deals, you got to be like, well, I mean, I don't know how legitimate that five year deal really is right now. Yeah, yeah, like because. Maybe they're going to come. I mean, I look at a Kevin Owens and a Sami Zayn. Could they cut them in the next six months? Maybe. It'd be a mistake, but maybe. I mean, especially with every like, maybe maybe a potential buyer doesn't want the uh, the a potential problem that is Sami Zayn. Not saying yep. that Sami's a problem, but they could look at it and go, oh. This guy's really outspoken. Yep. And I, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, the Strowman one made you reevaluate everything. Yeah. Because that, that was a guy 
that we would have said there's no chance, right? So now I look at a guy like Kevin Owens that I would have said no chance. Now I don't know. I know Roman Reigns isn't going to cut. I know Sasha's not getting cut. I know Becky and Seth aren't getting cut. Um, but it, it, there's not many other talents now that I look at with what happened with Strowman that I can be like, yeah, that guy is staying. I, I just, even, even with Black, like they just put so much work into vignettes and having them on SmackDown last week. And I mean, John Pollock did mention that he reached out to WWE and asked if this came as a surprise. And for the WWE side, it was not a shock. Some talent evaluators there because apparently there had been some attitude problems from their side. That's what okay. they're leaving with me, guys. This is what they told Pollock. Well, Black seemed surprised. WWE staff was not. So take that for what it is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much I believe the corporate. Yeah, again, I'm just going with what Pollock reported on that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. And uh, I don't, I mean, look, and apparently we're not done. Like, we can wake up tomorrow and have more. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's been a weird year. I mean, they're going to win worst company of the year again, just how they evaluate talent. I mean, even the at, the Verk stuff was really weird. How that all happened, and uh, you know, Jimmy seems like I give him probably like a B plus for his first night in Raw. He was pretty good. He wasn't too bad. Um, but you know, it's it's weird too when you have all these cuts and guys like and look, I've liked Riddle with Randy. He's been really fun lately, and he's a great wrestler, but he's a scumbag, and he should have been cut. And Austin Theory is still in your company. So those cuts not getting made are still really questionable. Yeah. And so we've got it's, – it, it's just I did not think we'd be having a podcast about this. No, not Braun still, Strowman. Not Braun Strowman. Like, if I, I would have told you Lana would have been cut this year, but yeah, maybe. I, like, this This is really taking up a lot of space in my brain. Because, like, we're sitting here and we're thinking that, what, what are you doing here? Like, you, you just had Black knock out Big E. You just... I, I I just want to know what they do in SmackDown this week. <laughs> like, well, and I mean, uh, Biggie's facing Apollo again. Why? Because. Well, and here's the other thing: any any talent in WWE that weren't the five that we listed, I would be nervous, dude. And that's, that's not what it sounds good. like. I mean, we didn't even. I guess we would put the New Day on that right now too. Yeah, and it'd be very shocking for them to screw with Yeah, I don't think they'd cut the New Day right now because the merch and the ambassador side, and even Miz is kind of Miz – would, Miz would surprise a lot of people because of the ambassador stuff that he does for yeah. them. Yeah. Could you imagine if they cut him now? Oh, my God. It would not be a pretty look. And I'm, I'm sure that – that, and to me, Miz is a no-brainer AEW because of his relationship with Cody. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it's kind of funny in some ways that Ziggler hasn't been cut. Because oh, I think we would just be like, finally. Yeah. It's like, and and you, and you mentioned a really good point to me on a call on our call when we were pregaming this when this happened this morning is Adam Copeland right now has to be being like, did I make the wrong choice? I know I have my loyalty to this company. And I you know I could have just a very well just debuted it. Like I wonder if he looks at what 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 Christian did and debuted at the Rumble, and then went to AW. And I wonder if he's like, and I, but I know he wanted the AJ match, and I know he wanted the face Roman. That's what he really really wanted, right? More than Kenny Omega, he said. Um, but he hasn't faced AJ Styles yet. He really hasn't faced Roman Reigns yet. He had a few with Randy Orton, and that's it so far. So. Was all that worth not getting to face Kenny Omega? You're probably never going to get to do. Yeah, it's. I think a lot of guys, and I, I wonder if a guy like Adam Cole, do you really want to put pen to paper and sign and go to the main roster? Well, and I think that's you know the other side. If this wasn't a sale, you have to assume for those first shows on on back on the road. 
they're going to kind of be like post-mania shows. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of call-ups and a lot of returns. Becky and Cena or and Sasha seem to be the biggest ones for that. I guess I, I don't know how big we say Sasha is a return, right? But, you know, Sasha's a big name, obviously, and that's probably where they're going to start the Cardi B stuff. Um, and then Becky, you know, it's been a year plus, so that'll be exciting, and Cena will be super exciting, and then we'll see what they do for the NXT side of things. I mean, you're, you have all these call-ups, and I don't know how much you've got really replenishing NXT. They do need the call-ups, though, because, like, you and I were talking about, like, the title match, having that triple threat, it's like, like, Pete Dunne, it's time for Pete Dunne to come up. And I don't, and I don't think, I think Pete Dunne's going to be on one of these lists a year from now. So I have zero faith that Pete Dunne's going to work in that company. Right? And Gargano, it's time for him to come up. It's time for Ciampa to come up. It, because it's just like, you know, you have guys there like Bronson Reed and LA Knights and whatnot that you're trying to build up. And, uh, Kushida's starting to get a nice little run there, but, like, you just kind of need to make way for that talent, and this other talent is just, they're still there, and it's just like, and, and I think Finn's a guy that'll probably be coming up as well, right? Because yeah. it seems like they, they wanted him for a while, and maybe that'll help NXT just kind of have a, re, a, a fresh start. I mean, it, it's really interesting to me, Joel, um, that, you know, Friday, uh, Dynamite did five five hundred k on Friday, not the greatest rating. But I did 2.8 in that main demo still, and that was against going on a Friday, later night, following SmackDown, going NBA NBA games are still happening and whatnot, and like I said, it's later. Uh, NXT had Cross and Finn promoted a big title match and only did 1.4 in the demo. Still, with not as much of an excuse, normal time slot. So while EAW was down from that Friday, the demo still stayed strong. I think it will constantly stay strong. Yeah. Um, so I found that very interesting. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of this all plays out, but we're... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> it's just... Uh, I... I don't know what I hope for with WWE. I really don't. Because a purchase is would be insane. But if you're just cutting people to save money, then you're also not in a good spot to me. No, and I, I look the sale may be something even Dave Meltzer said like maybe there's something to it. Paul like said maybe there's something to it, but all we all we doing with that is just we're, you know, speculating with with yeah. that. If if this like I like if these are just cost cost cutting measures, I don't understand that because you just got a million dollars to have zombies, and I would say between I I think it's not unfair to say that the contracts of Buddy Murphy, Santana Garrett, and Ruby Riot probably equal somewhere to a million dollars. Yeah, uh, probably right, and everything Maybe you just less. got for Peacock. Yeah, maybe less. And everything you just have for Peacock, everything that you get from the Fox deal, right? Everything you get from your blood money from Saudi Arabia. I, I don't know how you're hemorrhaging money right now. And you, you, you go in these quarterly reports like, we, we had the most profitable year ever. Like, okay. But then you're, you're like legit just cutting so much talent. And the Samoa Joes and the Iconics before this. And Chelsea Green, who is just going to be an absolute, it's, already killing it in the offseason, or someone like Mickey James. And I, I think the, the biggest winner of all this is the women's division on the indies and or the women's division in AEW, which has done a nice job of growing, had a really nice moment with uh, Sheeta passing the title on to uh, Brett at Double or Nothing this week. And the, the fans did a really cool job of saying thank you, Sheeta, for carrying that title during the pandemic. And You've got in chicks like Serena Deeb that have came up and Thunder Rosa. She's doing a fantastic job. But you've just helped their women division add potentially Ruby Riot, Mickey James, Cassie Lee, Jessica McKay, Santana Garrett. Like, you just helped a women's division that was starting to find a rise had get super deep. Yeah. And you hurt your tag division. Like, what is the point of this tag division? Like, who – Outside of Mandy and Dana Brooke, like, 
Who's the other tag? Like, honestly, can you tell me who the other women's tag team is? Who's the other women's tag team in that division now? Is that is that the only other one? Um, Seriously, tell me. I wish I had an answer. I legitimately wish I had an answer. Because you broke up Lana and Naomi, and um, Naya and Shayna broke up, right? And yeah. you just broke up the Riot Squad. So, what's your other women's tag team? You you don't have one. You So, it's like, yeah, Mandy and Dana are feuding for the titles. Well, I hope so, because I don't know who else, like, Natty and Tamina are going to face. You had a whole you... WrestleMania crowd that wanted the icon, that wanted Riot to win. We heard that WrestleMania's crowd, they wanted and live to win. It's just missed opportunities. It's a lot of yeah. missed opportunities. You look at uh, the Casino Battle Royale, mm-hmm. I don't know who was calling an audible, what it was, or if it was planned all along, but absolutely, the crowd turned on Christian, won a Jungle Boy. Won a Jungle Boy, and it went with Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. The WWE has far more times where they don't go with the talent they should. Well, and you're going to have women's tag titles. And at first, yeah, I think we were all really happy and applauded it. But now you don't have, like, those those tag titles anymore at all. Like, what, what's the point of them? Like, if I'm Natty and Tamina, I'm super pissed off tonight, right? Like, Tamina went, like, what, 4,000 days without having a title and whatnot. And now it's like, great, who are we wrestling? Who is another team? Like, and I, I can't even tell you a team that they could make right now, Joel. Like I can't, I can't even come up with EO and Oscar. Sure, I guess well, that strips away your uh, singles women's division. Yeah, and then you're just kind of doing what you did. You're just like here's here's the cliche. Both Asian women are a tag team that we just did with Carrie Sane and her. Right? I I don't I don't under, I don't know. I mean. And NXT, like, I'd say, like, okay, well, this is a good opportunity for NXT, but now they made their own women's tag titles. Which, again. So, I mean, maybe they'll call up Ember and Shotzi Blackheart. Potentially. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't, I, I doubt Ember wants to be called up, though. I think she was happy to be back in NXT. And I think I've heard some reports that there's some talent asking me to go back to NXT. Yeah, I'm sure there is. So I I I I don't know. Like you have to uh, figure something out for that women's tag division because you have destroyed it in a year, right? I mean, if you just kept things the way they were. Like you can still have the iconics, Lana and 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 Naomi. You could have the Riot Squad full still, right? You you have like it's fine to break up Nia and and Baszler, sure. But you could still have some stuff. I mean, I guess you could do Bailey and Carmella again. You know, they're friends and whatnot. Bailey is a thing. I guess that's that's potential there. But I don't really know. It's it's a mess. Yeah, it absolutely is. It, it, it absolutely like the state of everything is just like I, I, I'm kind of curious to see what they do on SmackDown. I mean, you, if if I'm Cesaro. I'm looking at, I signed this deal, but realistically, how long do I have? Well, that's what I said. It's like, it's not guaranteed contract. Like, am I going to be cut in a year now? It is not a guaranteed contract, right? Like, you're still an independent contractor. We we know what that means. Like, it means jack shit overall, right? So, very, they very well like could just cut Cesaro in a year's time, and it's not going to surprise any of us. Like, oh, that's a stupid cut. Good, Claudio's a free agent, and Chris Hero's out there. This works for all of us. Like, that's kind of where we're at. You're 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 basically running a uh, like if I was a talent, like even if I was NXT, how secure do you feel about signing that main roster contract? Not great, but Joel, it's okay. They brought Eva Marie back, who was trending today because of what 
Eva Marie means just represents. And again, like, I don't want to be an asshole to Eva Marie. I think what she's doing with her cat, with the vignettes, I think it worked really well. And I think she gets her character and she does a good job with it. So I'm, I don't want to be ragging on Eva Marie. I think as far as what her talent is, she understands her talent. Right. I think you and I can both agree on that. But she's just taking, they've, brought her in to let go of some very talented female wrestlers. That's that's the problem. It's it's nothing personally against Eva Marie, right? In, in ring, we don't want to see her in ring. But as far as a manager and a talker, I'm down with that. She gets her character. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. We, you, you do want wrestlers like that. And yeah. I, I don't think going to King Corbin or going to Eva Marie and going... I wish you got fired. No one should get fired. No one. No, should no one should be fired. No, no. I, I think that's the wrong answer. When I saw people like, oh, they got Eva Marie, and I don't want her to be there. I, not the solution. Obviously, Ruby Wright is more talented than Eva Marie, and Mickey James and Cassie Lee are more talented, and Chelsea Green are more talented than 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 Eva Marie. But Eva Marie is more talented than them in other ways as well, right? That she does stuff that some of them can't. I mean, even with Lana, like, she shouldn't have been a wrestler. She was much better as a manager. And I hope when she goes to AW, she wrestles very, very limited and goes back to being a manager. Because at one point, she was the best non-wrestling personality that there was in the business. Rock wanted to work with her. Yeah, she was great. She was awesome. And then she went in the ring and everything kind of died. Buddy was the most underrated talent in the company. And then Roman did that kind of stuff with him. And Seth worked with him. And everything there was kind of going good and it fell apart and black seemed like he can't miss. He had one of the best NXT matches of all time with Andrade and with Gargano. Right. So not with Gargano with, uh, with Cole. That's the one he suplexed Cole into the two chairs and it was back. Yeah, um, Cole is insane. It, it's funny. And then we'll, we'll wrap up here. I remember two conversations with you about two years ago. One was that Madison square garden NXT show. And I remember having the conversation with you there about, oh, my God, like the future of WWE, like it's in such good hands right now with what NXT has with the talent there. And that match had guys like Black and Velveteen in it at that point. And Velveteen's a different story, obviously, right? But just for the side of the story. And then Halftime Heat and everything. And watching Halftime Heat, I'm like, this is so fun and this is so good for the company to build up with. And they're going to have these guys. And um it's just kind of funny where everything is just just a few like a, less than a year later that two two less than maybe two years later for whatever it was but those that MSG show that they had NXT at and the, um, that halftime heat you just felt like the company is in a much better place right now to build towards a, a better future I can't believe that was two years ago mm-hmm. like what the hell happened I know how does it go so wrong so quick? Yeah. Like, man, you, I feel for the talent. I really feel for the talent because I think you look at the WWE, uh, AEW side of things and you're like, man, just imagine if Black was over there right now. Tommy and Samoa Joe. Like you, and you've got that other show coming. It could be very scary. Well, and I think the one thing is, on the AEW side of this, they have to be very selectful of how they do everything, right? They're going to have this time to look what they have for their roster and be like, okay, we have this third hour, and we have all this talent we can take, but we also have all this talent that we brought in from the factory or that we're still building organically. I mean, you still have guys like Sony Kiss and – Joey Janela that are on that roster, right? Like, I mean, you brought Joey Janela at first, like, oh, it's great. They brought Joey Janela in, and they haven't really used him at all. And he got actually hurt on Dynamite this week. Um, but you still have all those type of talents that you still have to work. Kip Sabian's going to come back. You still have to do stuff with him, potentially. And having that third hour with Rampage is great. But you still want to, you know, you have all this talent that you still have. You don't want to, like, overload it too much. And AW's almost at the point where it's going to be a little bit of an overload. So they have to be very selective on who they're going to take. 
Yeah. And, and I would only take the talent that can help you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think you know, the women's side will definitely have a growth. People that have spouses, like Cassie Lee with Sean Spears, with uh, C.J. Perry, with Miro, those I almost don't count as roster acquisitions because those are just easy easy things to kind of put two and two together, right? Yeah. Um, and you can still I, have these guys do stuff in AEW but sign with Impact, sign with Ring yeah. of Honor, sign with New Japan. And I, I wonder if the Iconics, or whatever they become, if they sign with Impact because they have the women's take titles right now. Right, they have those knockout take titles. So maybe the Iconics go there, but they can do stuff in AEW still. Um, Joe, with the legacy that he has in Impact, maybe that's why he goes to Impact. But he can still, you know, do do Japan potentially and do AEW, right? Um, I think that's kind of what the Good Brothers are looking at right now, right? It, like, I, at this point, I don't even really assert the Good Brothers as Impact talent. I kind of assume them as AEW talent now, really. Right? Like, I remember when the Good Brothers summoned Impact, like, what are they doing? And now it doesn't even matter. So I, I think, you know, signing with Impact kind of gives you a two-way street to kind of be there, but you're kind of getting the back door to Japan and AEW at the same time, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um... So we'll see. I mean, Slammiversary is coming up, and those talents will be there. And apparently, according to Sean Ross, like we we could have more of these tomorrow, Joel, and we could be right back here doing another show talking about where, where everything's going and why. Like the spring cleaning stuff, we're used to that at this point. Not that we like it; we don't want to see anyone lose their jobs. But we're used to the spring cleaning cuts. Um, these cuts now, I don't know about. Yeah, this is. This isn't different. This is completely different territory. I don't think you and me have ever, ever in our time watching WWE have been in this territory. And I don't know if anyone has. No, it, it's so, weird. And I've I told you, like, I'm always going to be Team WF because of what it means to my childhood, even though I think AW is a better product right now. But, man, stuff, today's like today suck. It's really it's really a bummer. And, oh, yeah. why, and if you ever thought CM Punk was coming back to WWE, <laughs> you're stupid. I don't know. There's no... I, I, I'm thinking of a more clever way I can word it, but you're just stupid. There's no chance CM Punk's coming back to this company. Oh, yeah. Not a chance in hell. No. Zero chance. Just, like... And, I mean, even someone like Renee, right? I mean, we could look at the broadcaster side. You and I talked about that. You know, they cut Tom Phillips, which you never talked about, right? Who's super talented. Um, And they let Carrie... They let Charlie... They let Charlie go. They let Renee go. Like, they cut three good broadcasters. Yeah. And Byron Saxon's still there. It's, 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 uh, and I don't want to be here dumping WWE. And I don't think you want to dump on WWE. But, yeah. like, man, this product's great. We have good, we have good Raws and good SmackDowns and good NXT. And we have good Dynamite. And Reign of Honor is good. And Impact's good. And Japan's good. This is amazing. I don't want to shit on it. I want everything to be great. But this is where the state of the company is. This is this be my last point. Sure. WWE should be the single best wrestling product out there. They have the roster. They have the talent. They have the TV exposure. They have everything you want. They should be the single best promotion in the world, hands down, no competition. Every guy should be firing on all cylinders. They should only have the best of the best running out the show, and it should be constantly running at a great clip. You're going to have things that are going to hit and miss, but 80% of your product should be fucking just killing it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe 5% of your product's killing it. The rest is just getting more and more bloated because you're making money. It's weird for a company that they keep on talking about their profits. Like, I don't know where that money is going. I don't know, like, where is all this money, all these profits that you're making, where is it going? Yeah. And not only where is it going, but at what point does talent go, well, you're making all these record profits, you just cut my friends, what the hell? And today you could tell, like, 
those 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 spring cleaning ones really hurt people. Today, I felt like really really pissed people off because I felt like they're like we're past this, going back in the road, and you cut people. Like I'm sure Strowman's really fun in the locker room. He seems like a very fun loving guy. I may not agree with his politics. You may not agree with his politics, but I think he's a very fun loving guy in the locker room, right? And it sounds like Ruby particularly was undeniably loved in that locker room. And that oh, yeah. one, I think, is one that you could tell just from Bailey and and Sasha and many others. That one is like an unforgivable one, it seems like, today. Like and you don't want to piss off Xavier Woods. That's <laughs> Be careful of that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any last comments there, Joel? Uh, I think I, I think I've said my piece. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, hopefully, we're not back here tomorrow. I really hope not. But I mean, and, and also like putting Josiah Williams. What what is that about? Like, how much is that kid really making, right? And you don't have anyone that's making good music for you right now. You cut Josiah Williams, you don't get that one at all. Back at profits. It's weird. Anyways, until next time, everyone. Cheers. Enjoy the day, people. Goodbye. And good night. Bang.